Welcome to Live in the Messiah's Love. I'm your host, Kamisha Lucier, and my dear husband is here with us tonight again. John, thank you for being here, darling, and I appreciate your heart and choosing to be a part of this this podcast. I appreciate that. Amen. Thanks for having me. You're always welcome, honey. And thank you to you. I'm so glad that you're here. We're so glad to be a part of your walk with Jesus Christ. And um, we hope that you're growing in your relationship with him. Before we get started tonight, let's open up in prayer. Father, we just thank you. We love you. We praise you and we exalt your name above all things. Lord, you are God and you are good. Jesus, you are more than enough for us. We praise you and we thank you that you are good and your mercy endures forever. I thank you for each and every one of the listeners, Lord. I thank you for your heart and mind towards them and their heart and mind towards you. I thank you for the loving relationship that you are cultivating on the inside of them and the strength that you're developing in for and through them. I thank you, Lord, that your grace is sufficient to help them through every circumstance and situation that they faced. We bind the hand of the adversary, the one who would come to steal, kill, and destroy. And we bind every deception that would attack and come against their minds and every theft of the word of God that's trying to go forth against them. And we break the wicked assignments and we cancel each and every one of them against your your beloved children, Lord, in the almighty name of Jesus, and we cast them out. We decree and declare in the almighty name of Jesus that no weapon formed against your people, your children, and these listeners and ourselves shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against us in condemnation, we will show in the wrong and you will as well, Lord, um, by our good conduct and your faithfulness and your mercy, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus, and we release you, Holy Spirit. We loose you to come into the situations and bring peace, rest, shalom, and wellness and wholeness and well-being to each and every one of your children, Lord, that pursue you from a sincere love, God. We thank you for that, and we just welcome you, Holy Spirit, to reveal to us your word, your truth, and the life that is in Christ Jesus that we have. In Jesus' almighty name we pray, amen. 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 So today's episode is A Time to Die, Part 2. We're still in the intro to spiritual warfare, and we left off talking about the fact and the truth that we have the ability to choose when we will die. And we looked at what the Lord said the lifespan of man would be back in Genesis 6, verse 3. And we also compared Psalm 90, which is where people have gotten that or adopted that shortened lifespan from of, of 70 or 80 years. And we compared that to Psalm 91. And we looked at why there was a di- um a difference between the life that the people were experiencing in Psalm 90 and Psalm 91. We looked at the literal application of Psalm 90, and we also looked at the spiritual application that applies to all humanity, all mankind. If you rebel against God and you disconnect yourself from the life of God, then you can expect a shortened lifespan. If you remain connected and in fellowship with the Lord and constant communion and union in fellowship with the Lord, you can expect a long life. And then at the end of Psalm 91, we looked at God's response, decreeing and declaring and confirming that he will satisfy the one who has set their love upon him with a long life. 
and show that one his salvation. So we know what God has already said. And then we're going to look back at John 10 verses 17 through 18. Those are our spring, that's our springboard scriptures. Um, So darling, will you read that to us, please? Absolutely. It says, for this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life so that I may take it again. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my Father. Amen. So we also talked about the Lab 3 um, exercise, the the mini um, breakout session that we did, and we covered the basic strategy of the adversary and that what the Lord Jesus was saying here is true and it's true for him, but it's also true for us. And if we think back and you go back and study his life, when he naturally came into the earth, the adversary tried to kill him multiple times. Absolutely. Amen. And they tried to throw him off a cliff. They tried to stone him. It was repeated. Amen. So he tried in, in the Messiah's childhood Mm-hmm. And he tried. He tried in his adult life, and we don't have accounts of every single moment that Jesus spent on the earth. But there's no doubt the adversary continued to try to kill um, the Messiah. And in the Gospels, where it describes his ministry, um, his life in the regard to what his ministry was like, and as you as you said, my love, they tried to push him off a cliff. They tried to stone him. They tried to do all these various things. But he said. It's not time for that. And again, reiterating that no one took his life. The adversary didn't strip God, Jesus, of his ability to live when Jesus was crucified. Jesus laid down his life willingly, which is something he addressed in the Garden of Gethsemane in Matthew 26, when he was conversing with the Lord and he said, nevertheless, not my will be, not my will, but your will be done. Um, if you connect John 10, 17 and 18, and what he said in Matthew 26, 39, you see that the father gave him the power over his own life. And then in return, the son gave it back. The father said, here's my plan and my will. And the son said, yes, I'll obey that and lay down my life. Because God is not trying to strip us of anything. The thief comes to steal kill and destroy. But God came that we would have life and life more abundantly. And that comes with our divine submission to him and our willingness to yield to the plan that he lays before us. Now for Christ as the Messiah, for him, it was to lay down his life at a specifically appointed time by the father, not before and not after. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was specific by the Lord. So Jesus did not succumb to any attempts by the adversary to take his life, period. At the appointed time, he willingly laid it down, which the father honored and glorified um, the the son because of that. Actually, so I understand that some people may be struggling with that, right? On we have a say and a choice on when, well, j- on the mere fact of laying our life down mm-hmm. and when that occurs, mm-hmm. right? Um, so we're talking about God's warriors. It's, there's a military element to this, Amen. right? There's... The kingdom has its military. The kingdom has an army, and this is training for the anti-army. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, short boot camp story, right? When you go through boot camp or basic training, or whatever you want to call it, right? Um, there is a, an element that they're preparing you for, mm-hmm. a final, if you will, gauntlet or culmination <laughs> of training, right? Uh-huh. And it lasts, you know, depending on which branch of service you're on and all these, it lasts a, 
a, you know, varying lengths of time. Mm-hmm. But in there, um, one of the questions that gets asked and, and that the, your drill instructors, RDCs, whatever they are, prep you for ahead of time is the question, are you willing to die for your country? Mm-hmm. And the answer is ultimately no, or should be. Although you must be willing to, hey, sometimes, and and, and historically, people have had to make that choice Mm -hmm. to lay down their life Mm -hmm. in defense of their nation, Mm -hmm. right? For us, it is a a heavenly kingdom, right? Here in the God's Warriors thing. Now, during this gauntlet, whatever it was, battle stations, or whatever you wanted to call it, right? Depending on your branch of service, there is a, a point where... They'll go down the line one by one and ask every individual, are you willing to die for your country? So if you did not answer no, if you, if you instead answered yes, then they said okay. And that individual had to lay down on the ground. And now they were literal dead weight. They could not carry any more gear. They couldn't for the rest of that exercise or uh, training evolution, right? Mm-hmm. They could not function they could not participate but they were now dead weight and had to be carried and moved around and all these other things so that also included whatever equipment gear that they were carrying Mm -hmm. because you can't leave that and you can't leave the person Mm -hmm. behind right Mm -hmm. so there's there's an element of that here right where sometimes individuals are called to to go on these these missions where it doesn't look like there's any return Mm -hmm. right and mm-hmm. it, well, I'm talking natural military mm-hmm. aspects here. But Jesus said that I have a choice, right? He says, I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it back up, right? He says also in there what we just read that he has, he lays it down on his own initiative. So he's mm-hmm. saying, I have a choice and a say in mm-hmm. this matter. Mm-hmm. And you saw that even on the cross with Jesus. It was like, hey, why don't you do this? And he even told his disciples, I could call down 12 legions of angels. Mm-hmm. I, I could get whisked, out, whisked away from here mm-hmm. in a moment, in mm-hmm. the twinkling of an eye. Mm-hmm. But it was his initiative to submit to the Father's will. Amen. Right? And, and we have the same thing. Right? And I'll give you another example with Peter. Jesus gives him, prophetically speaking, the, this is what it's going to look like when you, when you die. Mm-hmm. Now, Peter was arrested multiple times, right? And even in his arrest, he could have submitted and said, okay, it's my time. But instead, he held on to the word that Jesus said. Mm-hmm. said, this is what it's going to look like when it's your time. Mm-hmm. So, and then and you also have the, the miraculous event that occurs and that you read about when there are people praying and Peter is knocking on the, on the door or on the gate to be let in and they're all praying for Peter and his release and he's the one knocking on the door and they're they're struggling he's they're still not letting him in right where the exact thing that they prayed for had happened amen not because of their faith but because Peter stood on the word of the Lord amen and chose to come into alignment with that amen so what I take away from that is that we have to choose to live amen Christ, but there's a difference between when the Lord says lay down your life, there are times that it may have a a literal or natural application, but in the bigger sense, it means submit your will to his, lay down your, 
your right to choose another God and another option and instead submit your will to him so that he can make the decisions, the best judgment, and then you follow through with that, which is what Christ did. And for him, it did mean the literal ending of his natural life, but then it also meant so much more life in eternal um, restoration sense of him again being um, raised to glory, if you will, and being glorified to again be seated at the right hand of the Father. Absolutely. So we're going to take us some time and look at some examples of people who went beyond the 120 years that the Lord says was the lifespan back in Genesis. Now, um, we did note in the previous episode that that lifespan was not relegated to if you're good, 120 years, or if you're um, a righteous person, you can live 120 years. It didn't say if you're wicked, you can live 100. So it was it was that general goodness of God. He reigns on the just and the unjust alike um, is what how the the Messiah describes it in the Gospels. So this is the general goodness of the lifespan. Now, because we are believers, we have access to ask for grace and mercy. Amen to that. It's not good eating. It's not clean living, except to say it's the righteousness of God and our faith in him. So we're going to take a look at four people in the scriptures. Um, Yes, and you might be going, oh, but the food. God is the giver of food and receive it with thanksgiving. Now, if he says don't eat that chicken, don't eat that chicken. If he says put back that tomato, put back the tomato. And all things were subject to him. And our obedience is to him is what gives us entrance to grace and extra benefits, eternal life in itself. But our obedience to him is what he's after and he's looking for, not a regimented formula that is absent of God, thinking it's going to work its way into the blessing and the goodness of God some other way. So just we are free in Christ Jesus. So let's just keep that in mind. Um, so let's take a look at Abraham's life. We're going to look at Genesis 25. 1. Oh, go ahead, honey. Can we do Sarah first? Well, sure. Just there's a reason when we get to Abraham. We'll, we'll see because it talks about his second wife. Okay. So, um, so you'll find Sarah at Genesis 23. 1. Mm-hmm. It says, now Sarah lived 127 years. These were the years of the life of Sarah. Amen. Amen. Okay, now let's go to Moses. I mean, Abraham. So Abraham. That's in Genesis 25, 1. It says, now Abraham took another wife whose name was Keturah. Um, actually, was it one? No, that was one. Um, I misplaced it here. Oh, wait. Here it's verse 7. Excuse me. Oh, sorry. These are, but he did take another wife, which is why I wanted to state that, right? And then it says, these are all the years of Abraham's life that he lived, 175 years. Forgive me on the, <laughs> which no, scripture that fault. verse that was. So, uh, so verse seven. Okay. So that was it. Abraham was 175 years when he went to be with the Lord. Amen. Isaac is in Genesis 35, verse 28. Yes, which says, Now the days of Isaac were 180 years. And it talks about how he breathed his last breath breath and died. And lastly, we'll give you Jacob, which is in Genesis 47, verse 28. 
It says, Jacob lived in the land of Egypt 17 years. So the length of Jacob's life was 147 years. Okay. Amen. Each one of those exceeded 120 years promised Mm -hmm. by the Lord. Mm -hmm. Amen. And the Lord divinely gave the writing of the book of Genesis to Moses. Mm -hmm. So there's nobody who knows a lifespan better than God. So we have, we are confident that these were in fact their ages. Now people might forget in natural terms, but God does not forget. He never forgets. Amen. So um, these are the years that the Lord inspired Moses to write about uh, Sarah, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, like we're going to talk about Moses well, as let's well. Let's also get into Moses, right? As in uh, Deuteronomy 34, 7, right? Mm-hmm. It says, Um, Although Moses was 120 years old when he died, his eye was not dim, nor his vigor abated. So now we have five different examples. Amen. And Moses lived out the fullness of his 120. Mm -hmm. Now, remember back to Psalm 91, the last um, few verses of that section. Let me turn back there. Would you like me to reread that? Yes, yes, darling, please. Sure thing. Uh, verses, so in Psalm 91, 14, verses 14 through 16. Mm-hmm. says, Because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high, because he has known my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With a long life I will satisfy him, and let him see my salvation. Amen. So we know that um, it's listed in the scripture. Psalm 90 was written by Moses, but I think these go together. Psalm 90 and 91, Mm -hmm. and then how the Lord responds at the end, similar to how uh, he spoke with Job (laughs) when Job (laughs) thought he was righteous and he didn't accuse God, but he had some questions for the Lord, like, why is this happening? And so then when the Lord corrected its perspective, Job humbled himself and said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. (laughs) I didn't know that, Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, Elijah came and had a similar experience in talking to the Lord, and and God corrected his thinking about things and his mindset, because it's easy to get in your feelings and think, oh, woe is me, Lord. It's so hard on my end, and how come and why? But we forget the justice and the righteousness of God, and, and as God does in many times throughout the scriptures, at the end of Psalm 91, he sets his seal of correction on this is the truth. And this is my perspective. My blessing is on the one who is faithful and loyal to me, and I will fulfill his days. And just like what it said about Moses, that his eyes weren't dim and his vigor didn't wane. And um, God satisfied him with long life. He fulfilled his commitment to Moses. Now, Moses ran into some trouble because of his disrespectful disobedience that he showed towards the Lord and striking the rock when they needed water in the wilderness the second time. God, the first time when they came to that and they had no water, God told him to strike the rock and that was fine. Mm-hmm. The second time, God told him to speak to the rock because the rock was a type and shadow of our Messiah. And Moses, in his anger, disrespected the Lord and not just disrespected him in private, but disrespected him and dishonored God amongst the entire uh, children of Israel and taught them to rebel against the Lord in the way that Moses displayed that action and behavior. So 
God had bestowed this great position on Moses and there comes accountability with it. The example that he set as a teacher was important because people were going to follow his example. And you think about this. They struggled enough believing the Lord and being faithful to God and keeping their mouth in alignment that they weren't accusing God and his character and his behavior and actions. But now they see the one who was talking face to face with Moses, the one who had been um, hollowed out and selected as mm. and God had confirmed his leadership. Now he's disrespecting God in front of everybody else. So if they go, if Moses can do it, I mean, it must be okay for me to do X, Y, and Z, disrespecting and dishonoring the Lord. Sets an example, a bad example, puts a stumbling block in front of them, but also goes to the same thing that we're talking about with a time to die, or really it's a time to choose life. Amen. Right? Amen. It comes down to faith. So in Deuteronomy 32, the Lord addresses that specifically with Moses as a reminder, right? Uh, It's really verse 51, but I'll read 48 through 51. It says, And the Lord spoke to Moses that same day, saying, Go up to this mountain on of the Abiram, Mount Nebo, which is the land of Moab, opposite Jericho, and look at the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the sons of Israel for possession. Then die on the mountain where you ascend and be gathered to your people, as Aaron your brother died on Mount Hor and gathered and was gathered to his people. And it's verse 51. Because you broke, oh, I'll turn the page. Because you broke faith with me in the midst of the sons of Israel at the waters of Mirbah Kadesh and the wilderness of Zin, because you did not treat me as holy in the midst of Israel. Mm-hmm. So Amen. the Lord made it very plain to him as a, as a reminder this is why you're not entering in the land. Right. So. Because of Moses' disrespectful disobedience, what we just read Uh about, he wasn't able to ask for grace to go beyond the 120. But remember what he said in Psalm 91, I will satisfy you with long life. Uh So basically he was saying, I'll fulfill your days. And grace, again, is not something that God owes us as though we can extract it from him and go, well, God, you're going to forgive me on this one and you're going to make it like, you know, that's okay. And you're just going to disregard this. He did forgive his sin, but that there was still a consequence that was a cost of what he did. Now, God didn't separate him and send him to hell over it. No, but he, it did cost him the ability to go into the promised land and specifically to ask for more grace to live beyond mm-hmm. the 120 years. He's like, ah, I'm keeping my word. God kept his word. Amen. And he he not only satisfied him with long life, but he showed him his salvation in the way of he wasn't withered away. He was just as strong that day as he was when they left Egypt. He was Amen. just clear-sighted and um, clear mentally. So take note of that. God doesn't mean 120 years of brokenness, beggarly, no. <laughs> squalor, um, squalor and pain or sickness and disease. That's not what he's talking about. Moses went out in pristine condition and God said to him, come on up here. It's time for you to come home, which is an honor that the Lord allowed him to come home. But that's how God calls people home, not in calamity, mm-hmm. not in, or he translates them. Send the chariot mm-hmm. to come yes. pick you up. Elijah, Enoch just translated into glory. That's how God calls people home. Stephen, the martyr, he welcomed him home, but he didn't call him to say, it's the time for you to die, my friend. So there's, there's a clear distinction and a difference. But the fact of the matter remains 
is that even Stefan, if he had decided that he wasn't ready to come home then, I bet you he would have lived. He could have lived beyond that moment, no matter what those people, wicked people or people who were submitting to the wicked forces in the air, the devil, no matter what their plan was for Stefan, if he decided to go further and live on, he could have lived because God can raise him up from the dead, Mm -hmm. right? Which he did for Paul. And we'll talk about that later. Um, And we'll look at Peter as well. Um, James, the apostle James Mm-hmm. He was beheaded, but he had a choice about that. And we'll we'll get into that later. But for this, Moses, his choice had to be to come home. Now, he could have said, no, Lord, and rebelled against God, but he wasn't going to go beyond the 120 years. So that's what the Lord said. Exactly. So God gave him, God fulfilled his promise to him. And also, side note, um, God already worked it out to also keep his promise to the rest of the children of Israel. Amen. He knew they weren't going to be able to go in the first time that the spies went. He knew the wicked report they were going to bring back. And God worked everything together so that it would mm-hmm. work out. Even the delay that Caleb and Joshua faced, they were full of strength and vigor Amen. as well. And Caleb declared, my strength hasn't waned these 45 years that I waited. So God, in fulfilling all things was able to work all things together for the good of those who loved him and were called according to his purpose. He was still able to keep his word to Moses, to Joshua, to Caleb, to the children um, that grew up in the wilderness and that were born in the wilderness. He was able to do all things and do them well. So God is no respecter of persons. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Sarah, Moses did not live the life that they lived because God preferred them over other people. He respects faith. That's God. God respects faith, not who you think you are or even a task that he gave you to do. He respects, do you believe his word? Case in point, that's what he said to the centurion. He said, I haven't seen this much faith in all of Israel. So he was, the centurion was not a Jewish person. He was a Roman and one of the most disliked kind of Romans, right? He was a soldier, not just any old person. And one in authority. So he commanded troops. Amen. And he could have brutalized them, right? But he didn't. He he actually had a good report. Um, But he believed God. And that's what Jesus responded to. So God is looking for faith. And his eyes are searching to and fro throughout the whole world to find someone whose faith, whose heart is perfect or loyal towards him, that he can show himself strong on their behalf. So start putting your faith out there to live the at least 120 years, mm-hmm. if not longer, you know, depending on, on whether or not the Lord comes back, hundred, at least 120 if the Lord doesn't come back first. There's no point in staying here without him. If the trumpet Amen has already sounded, you better be with them on that rapture. <laughs> but the goal is to live in fullness and length of days, the life that the Lord wants for you to live, and he wants you to do it in strength and in health and in well-being and your family provided for and taken care of. He doesn't want you to go without. So on the next episode, we're going to take a look at the confirmation of the promises and our expectation and our hope that we have in Christ Jesus. We have an inheritance in him and it's been allotted and provided. And we need to know what that is so we can stand on it. Faith begins where the will of God is known. So we're going to look at exactly what the Lord says. And we're not looking from eyes of tradition or what we think or thought it would be or what somebody said. We're looking through eyes of what does the spirit of the Lord say, and what does the word of God 
tell us. So that's where we're going to come from. Amen. No, that's that's the only word that matters is the word Amen. of the Lord, because that's final. Glory Whatever to He God. says, that, that's already it's already done. Amen. And we've already dis- we've already discovered that He wants to satisfy us with long life. And if He was good to Moses, He was good to Abraham, He was good to Isaac and Jacob and Sarah. He's good to us. Amen. Amen. So we're just going to close there today. We'll see you right back here next time. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember that we're praying for you and live your life in the Messiah's love. God bless you. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe.